Pomodoro. Is it my favorite pasta sauce? Or is it a time management tool that's helping me bust through my list? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. Well, hey, folks. Yes, I am talking about inspirational time management, motivational pushes again this week. But I will say um, thank you for your comments that I received regarding the Dear Wilbarrow episode last week. I actually even got one from my mama. And that is an honor. But to be fair and all honesty, I, uh, I, I, I shared these things out of a really raw place and I am not trying to, maybe I should be, but I'm not even trying to think about uh, what would be popular to listen to, what could bring in more listeners. It's just as real and raw as I can get. And if it's something that I feel was moving to me, I try to share it. And I did get feedback. And I am really tickled to hear that it did resonate with you, those of you that um, that reached out. And, you know, maybe it resonated with more than the ones that reached out. But I am just saying I did hear back and I really appreciate it. And I thank my mama for having a discussion with me as well. So I'm still in the mode, you know, we're knocking at the door at Thanksgiving and I am going to do some turkey talk in a minute, but I am sure there's a lot happening between now and Thanksgiving for you and even between now and uh, the holiday season that we're in the middle of. Um, and, And then, you know, there's things like going to work and earning a living and taking care of the kids on top of all of it. Why is it we always have so much to do? But even um, for our professional careers and some things that we have goal um, set that we need to make our way through, I, um, you know, stumbled upon in my reading, and I am sure there are many of you out here are out there listening that are familiar with this, but it is a sort of, I guess you would call it a time management. I think it's very inspirational. It's kind of like a subtle little light prod to get things done, but breaking it down in like manageable time frames. But it is called the Pomodoro Technique. And right away I was interested because it did sound like a pasta sauce or a, a dish at my favorite Italian restaurant. I'll have the Pomodoro special, please, and some extra garlic bread. Could you bring the Parmesan bowl by? That's immediately what I thought of when I read Pomodoro. And there must be some connection to that. Um, and I, I think I even read about it. But, I mean, just uh, the, to, to the tomato. To the tomato. But what... It is in, you know, the long and short, it is, in fact, um, a time management system. I am not big on systems. I am an organic thinking and moving person. But in that, there's benefits. But also in that, there's 
you know, kind of like a ball and chain thing. I'm lugging around the um, the bohemian go with my gut kind of way that does waste some time and, and give me a little bit of that deer in a headlight syndrome sometimes. I am one that can be easily distracted with my tasks. And if I look to the left and I see one sitting over there, then that's the one that I go to. So, you know, it has that side to it too. I don't try to fight myself as long as I get stuff done, but still there's, there is that. Then, um, there's the part of me that feels overwhelmed with everything and uh, having a system feels uh, rigid and if I'm already overwhelmed, then, you know, who wants to listen to a management system? But this one actually encourages people, myself, to work within the time that I have. They say, rather than against the time. And I I chewed on that a while and I wasn't 100% sure I got what they meant. Other than, I guess, feeling like, oh, I've got to get this done. Oh, I've got to get this done. Which is, you know, obviously a, a fact about a task list, a list of things you have to get done. But when using this method, you work within breaking down what it is you have to do into 25-minute chunks separated by five minute breaks. Um, so like, you know, the saying like, oh, anybody can do anything for X amount of minutes. Well, anybody can do anything for 25 minutes and then you get a break. And um, I think for me, the challenge has been is to not let that break uh, uh, go longer. But there are apps that you can get that set you um, up to a Pomodoro timed system where uh, when the dinger goes off you start working and you work for 25 minutes and it goes off and then you go and take a break and then you go back and you do that again and then um after about four pomodoros <laughs> you need a nappy no after about four pomodoros um you need someone to roll you to the front door no after about four four pomodoros you take then a longer break of about 15 to 20 minutes. You kind of like, you know, celebrate in that and have some Pomodoro sauce on your pasta. <laughs> oh, I love carbohydrates. But it, it really does, it really does work. And I think it's just... It's not playing a game. It's just sort of, yeah, it is kind of playing a game. But um, I, I don't like tricks. I want to keep everything straight up and for, you know, straightforward. I am really pretty basic. I use a paper planner, but sometimes I get into the planner and then I don't, I, I'm really good and I don't even follow up with the planner. So um, I don't like a lot of um, fancy this and that, but this really was and is helpful to me. So I'm just thinking like while you are tackling the things that you have to tackle this holiday season and even this week, that if you could break it up um, into sections, um, there's some good apps. Um, uh, I mean, mine is super, super basic. You might want something you know, that has a, a little bit, uh, you know, more bells and whistles to it. But um, there's one called the Focus Keeper, which is driven, 
And I think if you have an iPhone, that's compatible with the iPhone. And then um, for Android users, you can check out the Pomodora Timer Lite. There's some others too. I actually used another one initially. Um, the point is, is a bell's going to go off. You're going to get 25 minutes and then it's going to go off and you're going to take a break. And you're going to do that little Pomodoro. That's called the Pomodoro. You're going to do that about four times and then you get a 15 or 20 minute break and you start the whole process all over again. The idea that I believe they said behind this is that it does create a little bit of urgency with an end game of 25 minutes. You know, it's you're not looking at the huge task, you're looking at what can I get done? Kind of beat the clock a little bit. What can I get done in that 25 minute period of time and then I'm going to go, you know, sit for a second or or close my eyes or whatever for that other five minutes. And I totally get it. Um, I really do like this method for being someone who's not crazy about methods. And I will probably continue to use it. But I mean, even right now in this season, because we're trying to get a lot of stuff done in our home and, you know, you think that you're going to get... Uh, so far in the course of a day and and you don't. But with this, it kind of does keep you on task. I can get easily discouraged and I can overthink things. But if a little bitty bell, as long as it's not annoying, because I'll get upset with it. But a little bell that says, hey, time to get back to task. Um, that I, you know, that I can live with. So I thought I wanted to pass that along to you. It was in the Will Barrow-esque category of last week's um, podcast. If you didn't get to listen to Dear Will Barrow, go listen to it. Will Barrow. Yeah. Wow, that felt funny saying it. Um, go listen to it and then you know what I'm talking about. Um, also, I will say, as I said, I'm kind of all over the place sometime. This kind of breaks me of being that multitasker. Well, let me do this and then let me do this and let me do this. Because in that 25 minutes, you are focused on um, getting as much done in that category, category um, that you have set out to do in 25 minutes. So it it I, I really do believe it helps you be more productive. And it also lets you take things in little bites or little loads in a wheelbarrow if we want to harken back to last week. So I wanted to pass that along and, um, and, you know, let me know what you think. You probably, you know, I have such cool people that listen to my podcast. You know, you, I'm sure every single one of you could teach me a thing or two, but if that is something that inspires you, if you are feeling overwhelmed at all, or you just want to avoid feeling overwhelmed, or you just like the idea of being productive, uh, go check it out. Try it out. Palmadoro with a little pasta on the side. Let's shift gears. Uh, Biden pardoned in Turkey today. Um, I, I really love Thanksgiving. And a couple episodes ago, I... I shared with you why, um, you know, November and, and, and the, the month of Thanksgiving is important to me and uh, why I love it in part. 
And that episode was filled with a lot of, um, of, you know, wearing my heart on my sleeve in terms of um, exposing what I really know to be is a genuine um, place of gratitude. And even as of late, I won't go into all the details, but we've had just some unfortunate, disappointing closures to long seasons of waiting um, and hoping in um, our lives. And I, I, I'm not sure if if that is the setting that has magnified or highlighted, um, shown a light on my gratefulness. I, I just feel like that is who I am. And I um, am super tenderhearted and can get... Um, can be moved uh, to an emotional place with with thoughts of gratefulness. So I think that Thanksgiving, it would stand to reason, you know, that that would be very special for me. But it also is the smells and the cooking and the 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 nummies and the all of it, all of it. Not that Christmas is not. I love the Christmas season as well. If you know me at all, you know that. But there, I think it's the leading into Thanksgiving that is just deep and rich. And I just want to talk turkey <laughs> uh, before we wrap this up. I think that I have probably done this every year that I've had a podcast, but I want to reminisce. And, you know, for those of us that don't get to talk much, that's awkward to reminisce with people that you haven't seen very often or that you might not even know. Reminiscing with strangers, go figure. But um, I used to call my Aunt Jolene prior to Thanksgiving, um, who was from Oklahoma. She passed away several years ago. But um, just an icon in my life. Like, it's hard to imagine that she isn't part of my life. She's she's iconic in my story, my film. And I would call her and um, being from Oklahoma, though she lived in California for many, many, many years, um, she had a, a, a pretty thick dialect and she would run down for me what all was on the Thanksgiving menu. Uh, Thanksgiving or, or particularly any holiday, but let's just go with Thanksgiving because that's what we're talking about. And um, there are ways in that, you know, our family makes things, made things. Um, she was a, uh, she made pies and just, you, you, you would be hard pressed to find a pie better than Jolene's pie. Um, any of them, but she made um coconut cream and banana cream, chocolate cream, pumpkin, pecan. I I'm sure there's others, but I mean that those were like the um 
oh, chess pie. That's a kind of a Southern thing. It's sort of like a custard or a cream pie, a cross between a cream and a custard maybe. Um, but then we did, we didn't stuff our bird. We, um, and this is still the case. We do dressing. We call it dressing. Um, and, uh, and, and kind of more casserole like in that it has cornbread and we would make cornbread. We make cornbread, not wood, she would, but you know, we, any of us who make it now, myself included, um, that's what we do. We make cornbread a night or two before, break it up and let it sort of dry out on the counter overnight. And then the brand of stuffing mix, quote unquote, or dressing as we called it, was Mrs. Cubison. And we would get one herb uh, flavored and then one cornbread. So it was extra cornbready. And this is made, you know, for a lot of people. And then, um, boiling the pieces of the turkey, like the neck and the this and the that to make your, some of your, uh, fluids or your, or your broth to use, um, anything that might be drippings from the turkey. Then that got, um, put into the dry mixture along with like, if you were doing a big batch, like six eggs, so it had kind of a bread pudding, custard, casserole feel to it, sautéed onions and celery, uh, plenty of sage. And as I um, took over my own version of it, just a little shake of garlic powder, just a little bit, not much. Um, salt, pepper, uh, I think that's it. Anyway, and then put it in um, a big casserole dish and bake it that and I have to say if I'm going to put my fork into something first I would say 95% of the time 95 95% of the time it's it's um dressing and you can drizzle some gravy over it a mashed potatoes of course are always you know a must and um uh we we uh, cranberries for sure. And I will say that straight out of the can that we would it would either be sliced or what have you. But then as time went on, there became kind of remember these, you know, we're, these are down home cooks. So um uh I would make my own cranberry just from the pectin of the, you know, let it's sugar and a little bit of lemon juice, maybe an or a peel of orange peel. Um, a diced apple in the um, pot with the cranberries and bring it to a, a bubbling simmer. And then the pectin from the apple and the cranberries themselves and the sugar made its own thickening um, agent. And there you, you know, you have cranberry sauce. Um, but there kind of isn't anything. I don't know. I would challenge people that snub their nose at the canned gelatin-ish cranberry. I mean, I could eat it by the slice. Seriously. I love it. I hope I don't gross you out by saying that, but I totally could. As um, a turkey, of course, I'm a dark meat person. Um, and I know I live in a minority probably, but uh, more for me. Uh, green beans, you know, the, some of the usual. We didn't do the green bean onion stuff on top though. You know, it was just 
fresh green beans and um, yummy, you know, uh, snap the ends off, snap them in half and cook your green beans uh, with some seasoning. Um, but as then I um, met my husband's family, my first husband, uh, his mother made a spinach dish that is kind of spinach and quiche. And I just almost can't go into a holiday um, without it. Oh, but wait, before I go into that, one of the things that my family uh, made that I really have to always have. Oh, I'm so glad I remembered it because I'm going to have to make it. I'm the only, I, we're going over to my brother and sister-in-law's and her family, you know, that's, this isn't something she grew up with, but she likes it. But it is a, um, you, I know you guys have seen this before, but it's totally old school, 1960s probably, or 50s. I don't know. It's a strawberry jello salad, quote unquote, that you mix a portion of it on the thicker side so it sets up nice and solid and you pour it in a bottom of a big casserole dish and then you let it set up and then you put, get this, sour cream. You a, a nice, decent, not too thick, not too thin layer of sour cream over that. And then you mix the remainder of the jello salad and pour, quote unquote, and pour that on top and, and stick in the refrigerator. Now, what's in the jello salad? Um, strawberries that have been sort of crushed up into small pieces, frozen strawberries, um, bananas, pineapple. I think there's some pineapple juice and Jello in a in a, you know like your regular box of Jello, and oh y'all, it's kind of serves that cranberry esque thing. It rests between a dessert and just a salad that needs to be on your plate, and you you know it's a little bite of this and a little bite of that. But let me get back to the spinach dish. Um, it uses the grand old cream of mushroom soup, which where would any of us be without that at the holidays? But it's um, a large package of frozen spinach um, squeezed out um, of all of its water and then a diced onion, finely diced, half of an onion if you don't want to go overkill, um, depending on the size of your um, eggs. Uh a jumbo egg, a large egg, or two mediums, a um, eight ounce block of cheddar cheese. Sharp is the way that I go because I want to have it bite me, but um, whatever kind of cheddar cheese that you want. And that faithful sorry, I have hiccups, that faithful can of cream of mushroom soup. You mix this together and you put it in um, a baking dish. And the, uh, I think it's the square one, like the eight by eight by eight by two. Is that eight by eight by, but anyway, however deep it is, the square Pyrex baking dish. And mm, God, Gosh, you know, I used to be like a uh, uh, mac and cheese freak where if you gave me, uh, if there was a pan of mac and cheese that I could get a hold of, I might find myself to a dark corner 
while the family is in the other room and just have my way with the rest of that mac and cheese. But I would have to say that now it is this spinach um, dish. I did stumble upon, and you can Google it. There's several versions of it, but they're all really similar. Similar. I did stumble upon, if you're looking for a good vegetable and you don't want to do that, you're not into spinach, it's called crack green beans. And I'll just leave it there. It was yummo. Um, I'm also a yam slash sweet potato person. Now, let me take you down this road. All my life, I thought sweet potatoes were the same. Most, I mean, not all my life, much of my life. And then probably, uh, well, let's say half my life, because it's been probably 30 years that I discovered this. 20-ishy, you know, when I was really in the throes of cooking. Um, uh, Sweet potato. There's a yam and then there's a sweet potato. The true sweet potato is paler skinned on the outside and almost a white yellowy flesh on the inside. But it is sweeter than the ruby yam or the, I think, red yam. Just, you know, kind of that's orange inside. The ruby, I think, has a really dark skin. But um, those are yams. They have a sweetness to them. Their skin is um, richly colored, but the true sweet potato is blonde inside. And um, I like to roast. uh, Why is it that my dog always does this when I'm doing a podcast? I'll be right back. Oh, sweet Dixie Daisy. Anyway, I roast one or two, depending on how many people were serving, of each one. And sometimes you can find the dark, dark, dark yam, and then there's a ruby yam, and then there's a red yam, and then there's a sweet potato. So that would be anywhere from six to eight that I would roast, and then peel them, and then roughly chop them um, to break them up. So they're not mashed necessarily. And then butter them liberally and um, brown sugar, a little bit of white sugar, uh, a pinch of salt because it brings out their sweetness, some cinnamon. You can use nutmeg too and just give it a good toss and then put them in a baking dish. And if those folks in your fam like uh, marshmallows, then add marshmallows to it, to half of it or whatever. There's just something about the texture of that that is still very tender and soft, but it has a resistance and the freshness of, not that there's anything wrong with the sweet potatoes in the can, but the freshness of having roasted them yourself there's just an earthiness to it and it the, i think the flavor flavor the flavor the flavor is more vibrant um and that is a must have for and you know what you can also add nuts to the top my sister-in-law is not fond of nuts so we tend to stay away from those but i've done that before too like uh zhuzh the nuts up in a you know a little bit to break them up give them a little toss and some 
um, sugar and cinnamon and but butter and kind of sprinkle those over your sweet potato. And that's another yum. Oh, thing. I am a fan of, um, well, I like, I like dinner rolls, but I don't, I don't want to over, I don't want to fill up on them. I used to be a big bread person and I'm, I'm not so much anymore, but I do like a yeast roll or we also grew up with, they, they're, they're called warm and serve or brown and serve, brown and serve. And they're really hard to find. It's like people freak out when they see them at Safeway or Fry's and they like hog them. But they're just in like a little paper cardboard box and a pla- in a see-through uh, cellophane or plastic bag sheet. And they look like they have all have a little butt crack in the top of them. And then we would just do a pat of butter and then put them in, you know, the oven and let them do their thing and brown and serve them. Thus the name. Um, but they're kind of a must-have too for our family. Uh, but I... I coming to dessert because obviously, you know, I mean, but aren't we all sick to sick and stuff by the time dessert gets there, there needs to be a good amount of distance between dinner and dessert. But I, um, I, I do have to say, I love pumpkin, but my mother makes an amazing pecan pie and I like the pecan pie. I like that center, that ooey gooeyness of the center. I, I do like the nuts too, but I mean, I think it's really the center that calls my name, but a good uh, pumpkin pie with some whipped cream and a, just a shake of cinnamon. Oh my goodness. Thanksgiving. I am so taken with all the foods. And I guess I could make and make and make and make and make things. But those were just the iconic favorites. And if you have some, send them to me and I'll holler them out um, of what your favorite holiday uh, dishes are. Even after Thanksgiving, send, let me know. Send me an email, terrysummers at gmail.com, T-E-R-E-Y-S-U-M-M-E-R-S, or go to terrysummers.com forward slash podcast and leave me a message and let me know. Give me a recipe, y'all. If you're listening right now, yes, you, pause for a moment from your Pomodoro timer and send me a message of your very favorite recipe that you make at the holiday. Appetizers too, okay? Um, Cookies, baked goods, whatever. I want to hear from you. And then at the end of this week, we will have all sat down together with our family and friends, I hope. For those of you who might not have that available to you right now, whatever your scenario is on Thursday, as this week comes and goes, I really hope and trust that you can look over your shoulder and see that it was a time 
of some kind of celebration, but a time to mark another year of living with the blessings that we do have. Even if we're in the midst of being shy in some areas that seem very vital, giving thanks from a grateful heart is definitely a buoy in any kind of water, turbulent or otherwise. So I wish that for you. I pray that for you, that time flies. So before you know it, Thanksgiving will have come and gone. But the giving of thanks, really, we can take into every day. And I'm just, I'm just holding on to that for myself. And I hope the same for you. Have a blessed, blessed Thanksgiving. May the giver of all good gifts continue to richly bless you, but also to bring about a moment of pause for you to enjoy what you have been given and what you hope to live into in this next year. Gosh, I love you guys. I wish I could see everyone who was listening right now. Kind of creepy. Yes, I know that. But I still wish I could see you. And I'm blowing you a kiss and reaching my arms out for a hug. Thanks for visiting the Terry Summers podcast. Till next week. Bye. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.